guess you're right. <laughs> it's the post show. <laughs> it's the post show. So you can't hear because you have the, the, the I, new headphones that allow you to, to hear stuff without yeah, necessarily so, hearing it. it actually, I, I like these a lot. They mm-hmm. work out well. But yeah, like that, it wasn't immediately apparent that I wasn't talking. <laughs> but they're not as loud, actually, you know, and uh, I, I dig them. I got a pair of um, Grado. Uh, what are these? These are the SR80Es. Um, a couple guys at work have them, and they're they're open like they're over they're on the ear mm-hmm. headphones, but the diaphragms are like open, and so you hear a lot of room noise. Most they're not noise isolating at all, but they're really good at reproducing sound. And one of the things their claim to fame is that they kind of reproduce sound really well at low power, so you don't have to turn up the volume to get all mm-hmm. the detail. And um, so and they're. And also being open, they're not as um, fatiguing on the ears. I see. So I'm digging these a lot. I'm, I, you know, it's like, and I like them a lot for the show. So now I'm going to have to like take them to work and bring them home on weekends, you know, and try not to forget them so I can use them for, for doing the show as well. I don't really feel like buying a second pair of, you know, I think they were a hundred bucks for these headphones. How would you feel about this song to open? There it is. Yeah. <laughs> We've done a lot of goofy, guilty pleasure type songs, right? Tag team back again. Steve Rowland. Tag team back again. Check it directed. Let's begin. Party on for the people when they hear the noise. Jump for joy. There's a party over here. Party over there. Wave your hands in the air. Shake your dairy air. These three words here getting busy. Whoop. There it is. You know the words a lot better than I do. That's pretty impressive, actually. I somehow remember that from the 90s. Who knows? Certain things stick with you, I guess. How about the Humpty Dance? I don't know. I was partial to the Humpty Dance. Uh, once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. I remember yeah. that part. The you be sad to know that the Kybernaut Holographic Gaming Network did not succeed its funding. Thirteen dollars. <laughs> Thirteen dollars of a hundred million dollars on four, right? Is yeah, four, four backers. Yeah, thirteen bucks. Thirteen dollars of a hundred million dollar goal. Wow. Yeah. Funding that's, when, that's when you may have to move on to the next idea. Yeah. So. It's not even worth putting back up. So the um, whew, that dude. You, you hear us? You, did you hear the show where we talked about that guy, Dave? No. Oh, so, I don't think so. Okay, so this is. Which he basically is wanted to build the Matrix. Yeah, <laughs> and he was. He actually was worried enough that he had a special off switch, so you could get out of the Matrix. <laughs> uh, he jacked. He jacked. And he so was, it didn't become sentient yeah, and yes. kill humanity. Wow. And that's very the, thoughtful of him. So. And one of the risks and challenges of this project was that there's a small but non-zero chance that the software will accidentally become a self-aware and attempt to exterminate humanity. <laughs> Either it was the best You know they say in the they, satire they, they only ever. put warnings on things that may or have happened. So. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing was he, he, he wanted to develop this like online map of the whole world, right? Oh, oh, you really got to listen to this because it was a, like an RPG, right? But your skills... In the game would be related to your skills in real life. So you would have to take fitness tests, improve your marksmanship, 
and you would have to register the serial numbers of your guns and your vehicle. So, like, like if you had a you know a nine millimeter, right? Yes. If you registered it, like, if you'd take it to a, a gunsmith or something, and he would give you like a QR code that you could scan into the game, and then you would get your nine millimeter in the game. That's insane, and no, no. He talks about how it's no not a, real gun owner would ever go for that. He talks so. about how it's not a privacy thing, right? Yeah. Because they're, and then like they you could trade the guns other people. It would just be it would be registered as. as but a, he he really doesn't want you letting your friend use your gun yeah. unless you're not using your gun. You have to lend things, right? So like they actually so he wanted to monitor serial numbers to make sure two people weren't using the same gun at the same time. The the amazing thing to me That's very complex so. was that he wanted to be you know you had to get your fitness tested and all this stuff in order to, to have your fitness qualities <laughs> in the game your marksmanship. But if you were disabled, you could have an exos. You could have an exos. <laughs> Skeleton gives you Captain America powers. <laughs> Once you level up to Captain America right, powers, yeah. Yeah. you had to level it up. But. Yeah, that's interesting. So the army has tried to embrace some of that mm-hmm. in the fact that so they've gone this Avatar route. So they've come up with these first-person shooter games that no one really uses because they're just not. Remember American just Soldier. Not yeah, they, they've got some other things. They got a VBS three, which is Virtual Battlefield three, which is kind of like an internal thing. Um, but they had this grandiose plan of they would take your fitness test scores and your rifle range scores and and your body dimensions and feed this into the system and it would spit out an avatar that looks like you. You know, it can only shoot as good as you shoot, can only run as fast as you run. Um, that's maybe, not a game. That's yeah, not, that, yeah, but you know, and everyone's like, yeah, that's great, but it, it just sounds like one of those far fetched things. A that no one will ever care about, and B just will never happen. So. It sounds like the Hyperdon call yeah, network yeah. might have been exposed to the VBS three. <laughs> he also comes falls into the trap. I think that uh, the majority of people who are playing a lot of these games are not going to be happy with the character they get. Yeah, <laughs> if it's based on really them, right? right. You know, I well, mean, like there was another wrinkle to the whole <laughs> thing, right? Because he wasn't going to build a game; he was just going to build the the no. map framework. Yeah. Okay, but. He was like examples of what this could be used for. Yeah. And he was all about the zombie apocalypse, right? So he just wants to play in this realistic <laughs> zombie apocalypse. And, you know, but he wasn't going to build the game unless he had to. Yeah. He was hoping Valve or somebody <laughs> would build the zombie apocalypse, you know, on his on his framework so he could live, the, live out the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, it was uh, insane. Um, let's do some uh, tweets. Greg, Greg explains, explains his tweets. <laughs> Got the music? Yeah, uh, I don't have the no music. No music? Okay. But um, we, we will have that soon because uh, Nick recorded some some nice sound beds for us. Okay, so I had some Star Wars tweets. We talked about it. We, we didn't talk about Star Wars. We talked about Star Wars on the... I, you know what? I would say if you listen to about the last hour of the New Year's show, that's all Star Wars. So you can get plenty of Star Wars. There's no need to go over what we Yeah, I don't think we need... Well, you should say, just for people listening, I you saw it. it and you loved it. Mm-hmm. Loved it? Is that fair to say? Loved it, yeah. Loved it is fair to say. I mean, as a, it wasn't like my favorite movie ever, but in terms of, hey, a fun Star Wars movie, yeah, hey, I like Star Wars and I like Star Wars being a fun thing. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a Star Wars fan. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it for Dave. He hasn't seen it okay. yet. And his kids are working through the prequel or yeah. the, 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 well, they're all prequels. Well, no, all the show, all the episodes are prequels to this episode, yeah. right? So, sure, okay, all right. <laughs> so, the good ones. So they the are only nine, six, and four. All right. Well, then they'll, they'll like it. Yeah. But, I mean, so if, we went four, five, yeah. one, two. We got to do three and then six. So. 
See, I was asked by uh, by somebody in my last D&D session. They asked me, uh, this guy's a big Star Wars fan, he asked me you know, if I had to tell somebody that they had to watch all seven, I had to give an order. I think he wanted me to, to, to say like the four, yeah. five, one, two, three, six. I said, no. I would say four, five, six, seven, and then watch one, two, three, and I say... It's it's somebody's fan fiction about the Jedi. It's not really about this universe, because I mean, it might, it's somebody's weird fan fiction. I mean, they're different style movies. They're they take this action adventure universe that's really only suited for action adventure because it's not very deep. Yes, uh, and they try to make something deep out of it, and they do that in the laziest way possible. Like you could actually, you could probably make a really good not adventure Star Wars movie but he can't do that and be lazy about it yes which is exactly what Lucas did both in directing and in terms of writing the script super lazy uh, the people who weren't lazy were you know the, the thousands of artists that he <laughs> that he employed to, to make you know these fantastic visuals yes but without a story to compel you to be interested in them they were just bleh. Well, actually, when Jeff told me that uh, he was giving me kind of the synopsis of the New Year's Eve uh, thing. And when he said you liked it, I, I said, well, that's a, a raving review. because <laughs> He didn't just like it. He loved it. Yes. Which... Yeah, he loved it. So, because if anyone can tear something apart, it's Yeah, great, no, it's, so. it's, it's true. I, I really I really loved it. As, as a Star Wars movie, it's everything that a Star Wars movie should be. See, that's good. So I, I struggle with a lot of movies that, that focus purely on um, computer-generated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love old uh, special effects. Yeah. And I, that's part of what loses me, I think, in, in a lot of the more modern movies. Um, and I, Because I, I, I find myself sitting back thinking, well, that's great, but I know some guy on a computer just built that himself. So, yeah. Like, like, and it's cool, movies. but, you know, I mean – Anyway, it had it didn't really take a lot of movie making abilities to do that. Exactly. So, um, it, and from what I'm hearing, um, that they blend that well in the new one. So I'm looking forward to that. So they yeah, do. lots of practical effects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, computer effects can be used extraordinarily well. Sure, but you have to be judicious but, about it. So, you can't just say everything's going to be made. You know, computer. you know, our company is, you know, supports the computer animation industry, right? And one of the terms that the industry uses is invisible effects. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the dust storm in Zero Dark Thirty. You know, it's 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 not robots walking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not Transformers Two. But you know, and if you watch Zero Dark Thirty and look at the dust, all that dust was not real, right? Yeah. They were flying a helicopter in a clean you know environment. And if you look really closely, you can kind of see the dust isn't natural. Right. But if you're not looking for the computer dust, it looks really good. I will say that it really helped. I think I saw it once, but it really helped for me to know all the story going in. I'm mm-hmm. not. A, I'm not a spoiler phobe. I'm fine with with spoilers. Yeah. It doesn't bug me, because then I can watch the movie for. I can notice. You know, I can enjoy the movie for what it is instead of having to. You know, try to figure out what's going on at the same time. That usually lessens my enjoyment. I think you found. You said that other people were saying that online, like the second time they saw it. Yeah, multiple were, times through, you're able to dig deeper for yeah. sure. I wanted. I didn't want to be spoiled. I wanted to just take it all in, mm-hmm. have it hit me in the face when you know things happened, and it did. And that's I, fine. I mean, I'm not saying my way is better. Yeah. It's just no, that no, you know, I'm no. I'm fine with it with being spoiled, so I don't mind that too much. Uh, so yeah, so the thing I would say, and and uh, so I, I kind of tried to get it across in one tweet. Um, it's not a subtle movie at all. <laughs> Rams you over the head with Star Wars, practically force feeds you. Uh, but if you want it, it's a feast. So, I mean, it's definitely like every five minutes, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. (laughs) And, you know, but if if you're into that, then you're going to love it. So, yeah, and it was fun. It moved. 
as I was saying, remember when these movies were fun? Remember when he, they weren't just an, in, internal bores that had flashy special effects? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so there was a, a thing about uh, strong AI. Strong AI is like string theory. It's always 10 years away, which sounds better than we're stuck in this hole and we can't get out. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. Uh, because that is really where string theory is. Uh, as I said in, in the New Year's thing, uh, I was wrong way back when when I said string theory is not science. String theory is certainly science. It's uh, you, you're it's it's much more math than anything else. But the science of understanding what this thing is uh, is very much a science. It's not physics in the sense that physics is supposed to be a reflection of how the world works. Physics is models based on how the world works. Um, and right now we have no way of making string theory look like the world. In fact, when we try, we get this landscape of 10 to the 500 possible solutions and who knows when you have an almost infinite or effectively infinite array of solutions and sure the world's probably covered in there somewhere but <laughs> if you can't actually narrow it down then it's useless as a predictive theory right, right. but so, no one can disprove you so no no one can disprove you it's i mean it is so it's it's science but it's not physics it's not reality it may at some point. I think it's likely that our understanding of these mathematical formulae and these mathematical objects will, at the very least, come in handy when we start to get better ideas of, of making the better models. Uh, but these are all still models. Even the models that we have, like standard model and uh, quantum field theory, they're still just models. Even Newtonian dynamics is just a model. It's not reality. We're still talking about models. Uh, but... The thing about strong AI is that it's always been in the same spot. Look at 2001. That was in the 60s. They thought by 2001 we'd have yeah. strong AI. Mm -hmm. No. Now we're saying, oh, it's only 10 years away. It's, yeah. No, it's not. We have no idea how to make a computer work like a, a brain. No idea whatsoever. We have any idea how to make computers work like more powerful computers. But they're not brains. They're not thinking like we are, it's a to it's it's a list management system, right? And so that that's what bugs me the most about AI people. They're just they're pie in the sky people who think that oh yeah we can adapt this thing that works nothing like us to <laughs> something that is exactly like us. No, we had the conversation like yeah. last year about that article and whatnot, and uh, about artificial intelligence, artificial super intelligence, right? And you know a lot of a lot of scary stuff, and that's about the time that. Uh, some of the science minds of the time was it Kurzweil and Kurzweil Hawking even made Hawking, a yeah. made a thing about it. You know, Hawking lives his life in in theoretical world because where else could he live? So uh, <laughs> no, I mean seriously, <laughs> you know, he's he's kind of forced yeah. to live in that world. So I, uh, it's hard to be like, eh, damn it, Hawking. I mean, <laughs> what are you going to do? You're stuck in a wheelchair. Um, really, he's stuck in his mind. He can barely communicate. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of amazing that he can. So, but but that's the thing where we, we it gets back to the thing I was talking about in, in the beginning where we sort of, we lean on the fact that people are geniuses as opposed to saying, okay, well, they're geniuses in this field. That doesn't mean they're geniuses about anything else. Right. I, I found that numerous times. You get someone who you think is, you know, but they're very narrowly focused yeah. on what they can talk deep on. Mm -hmm. You know, so you either get people that are an inch deep and a mile wide or... You know, absolutely, an inch deep. So it's very hard to be both. So. Yeah, and and it's really easy, especially if you are a genius from from what I've seen, 
uh, not being a genius, but <laughs> what I've seen about people who are geniuses, it's very easy for them to say, oh, well, I'm a genius here, so I must be a genius in everything yeah. else. And it doesn't work like Yeah, their that. ego does not carry them well yeah. sometimes. So. Yeah. I was uh, watching... How did I get on this? I, I, I Oh, I was watching... Um, Heather wanted to watch, you know, something. She was tired of watching all the movies that I de- have recently watched that she didn't care about. So we pulled an old movie out of the archives, which had our Lee Emery in it, you mm. know, the drill sergeant from mm-hmm. Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> and uh, so I was curious about the guy. What you know, is your major malfunction? Well, let's see if he, what he was doing these days. I haven't seen him, you know, the last yeah. couple of years or whatnot. But it turns out he is a co-founder of a brewery in California. Craft really? brewery. Who so, isn't? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, that, that's... <laughs> It's uh, the Bravery Brewery in Lancaster, California. Bravery. That's true. That's true, though, because everywhere you go, there's like a multitude. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was amazed. I was just in Erie last week or a couple of days ago, and there was uh, what four or five up mm-hmm. just in Erie, Pennsylvania, right now. So. I gotta think if you're like if you're spreading money, around, if you have enough money to spread it around, at some point it's got to land a brewery somewhere. Like you maybe have <laughs> right. an investment somewhere <laughs> or something. Yep. Uh, so his name's uh, Ermy. Yeah. Arlie Ermy. Ern. Yeah, Ermy. Yeah. You had a question about this uh, <laughs> picture? Yes, yes. Explain that picture, please. No. no. <laughs> Next. Insiders only, huh? Mm-hmm. Greg has a t-shirt of, of something. So this is... It's on my Twitter feed. You can look at, the, at it, but I'm not going to... So this is a, a Greg explains only some tweets. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's certain things that I just can't talk about. That's All interesting. Right. He's willing to show the world, but not mm-hmm. explain. Still, so look. I mean, he wants to be cryptic about it. <laughs> if it, <laughs> it's not my call. Yeah. <laughs> I bit, I bit little story thing because I did notice. I forget where I noticed it, but there was something where, um, some, I was watching something where some new aspect of a character was introduced, like to solve a problem at the end of the movie. Right. Right. I said. The first half of a story, you learn about the characters. In the second half, the characters learn about themselves. This is basic, you know, storytelling. Story. Um, so don't introduce new aspects of your characters after the first half. That's really bad storytelling. That, that that's Deus Ex Machina. That's stuff coming out of nowhere. Um, so that just bugged the hell out of me yeah. when I see stuff like that. It's like, come on, guys. It's also to me like an old way of trying to lead to a sequel. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it was it was one that I don't think I think they've gotten people have gotten much better about that in recent times by by leading the story on. But it was always like you just introduce someone at the last minute, and then you're like, what does this mean? So yeah. and it just doesn't fit well. So there is there's a lot of things like that where all of a sudden bad stories have this where something will come up that never was introduced yeah. before. Like oh, this is also a part of my backstory. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I retweeted uh, this kid, Jay Christopher, said uh, when the Cosby stuff came out, and I said, Cosby, he said, breaking Cosby expands lead in GOP poll. <laughs> <laughs> A little politics jab. Uh, and that was kind of it in terms of my tweets. So, yeah. So, uh, you want to do some Amazon Anonymous? Yeah, let's do that. All right. I got one. So while you're looking, I got one right here we can talk about. So the title is what caught my name. It's uh, Adult Coloring Book. Oh, gosh. But but it goes on. Subtitle, Stress Relieving Patterns. So this does a great job. 
Oh, CNET reviewed it. Does a great job of showing we just have no wireless. earnings month to date. <laughs> last updated January first. <laughs> yes, no one bought anything on January first. Uh, does a great job of showing just why this act- activity might work to tame your own personal stress monster. Michael Franco, CNET.com. Oh, I gotta tame my stress monster. It has twelve hundred and forty-seven views, four and a half stars. It is nine dollars and sixty-three cents. So you you know when you were at your conference and you you know you scribbled on the notepad. Yes, this is for people who don't like scribbling and like following, staying inside the lines. I guess, huh? Yeah, they've much. been pimping them on Groupon lately, which is a bad sign. What, so. Adult coloring books. Yes, I kind of unsubscribed from all my Groupon stuff. Yeah, it was a weird fad that happened. Groupon, like it, yeah. was, it was there for about a year and a half. Well, it was it was ill conceived. I mean, when it first came out, it was like half price restaurants. Uh-huh. Well, that's not good business for restaurants. No, it's, it's a horrible, especially entry, the so. way they have to pay up front and you know, it, and then you have to like enroll again to like recoup your cost from the first one, and you know, it seemed like a self perpetuating black hole. I've I've used Groupon for restaurants, but I always felt yeah. kind of dirty about it. Well, I mean, the other thing is you are gaining a customer based on the deal, not necessarily based on. It's the same reason why I just read an article the other day on uh, name brand hotels will typically uh, treat a customer who books through their website better than someone who books through a ho- like a hotels dot com because uh-huh. if they bump them to a worse room, it they may not affect their future sales because they're they're booking someone based on price not based on brand loyalty so. right no it makes sense i mean there's nice it's nice going to priceline or hotels.com and like okay you're within these couple square mm-hmm. blocks and you know this hotel needs to fill a room and giving you a decent price on it the other thing you, for like goods on there i found that if you google it you typically find that price somewhere else so you're not necessarily getting a deal any better yeah and I think people started to catch on to that, that just because it was on Groupon didn't mean it was a deal that you couldn't get anywhere else. So Yeah. I don't think I ever used Groupon for anything other than restaurant deals. And like I said, even though I hated doing it, you know, sometimes like, well, they did it. You know, well, why should I take advantage of of this thing? There, there are a lot of really good restaurants now, and especially in town. So, and I doubt they Groupon. <laughs> yeah. They're really good ones. Uh, I'm going to pick... Beer line cleaning solution because there are some bars I wish would use it. <laughs> um, $20 from Kegsworth. Uh, so, Keg Works, rather. And yeah, I mean, Smoking Joe's comes to mind as a place where, <laughs> geez, clean your tap lines, please. Hire a service to get that shit yeah. clean. Every two weeks. Um, you were at that place in Arizona, right? That had like a, like the main part of their sign was lines yeah, last cleaned yeah. three days ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they had it. They labeled that they put up explicitly when they labeled last clean their lines. So, so I think were, that's interesting, though. But it, it caters to a, a crowd that understands what that is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was it. That was yeah. They're because yeah, no, because people who don't care, they don't care. They don't care. There's, I there's too many places where you'll go, you'll taste a dirty beer, you tell the waitress or whatnot, and she they assume that you didn't like the beer. Not that the beer was yeah. faulty. That's something I'd like to see change in the next couple of years is, you know, when you tell someone this beer's fucked up, <laughs> that they don't think it's, oh, he didn't like this beer. Or he doesn't know what he's drinking. I was recently, 
it was, it was about a month or two months ago. I was with Nick at um, the Sharp Edge downtown because it was the only place that happened to be open. Uh, and I was really disappointed by the service I received and the fact that I got some bottles. Ultimately, like I got a bottle of something that was two months expired. I was like, come on, you know, I expect a lot more at the Sharp Edge. Uh-huh. And, um, and then I, I also ordered an onion soup, and it was totally burned on top, like totally. You know, last time I was there, it was pr- very... So I said, la- no. Last time I was there, it was very underwhelming as well. Yeah. I haven't been to the other sharp edges in forever, so I don't know what they're what the whole restaurant's like. Yeah, and so the, the I, I you know, talked to the manager. It's like, yeah, come back and we'll, we'll give you a free beer. And I was like, all right, I never can, never went back. Was not interested in. The, yeah, wasn't interested. Yeah. So I got a. So we were when I when we travel for work, we try to typically hit some sort of local place, uh, primarily with beer of some sort. Um, so we were all really tired, and the, the old guys didn't want to drive very far, so we ended up going to the Tilted Kilt. And let me tell you, that was quite the experience when the waitress is like, we asked her what's on tap and she says, it's on the menu. But when you look at the menu, it only has like the brewery logos. It doesn't actually say what they have on tap from them. Mm-hmm. And then when you ask her, well, what actual beer you on tap? She says, I don't know. I'm a liquor girl. But you're free to go look at the bar. So you get uh, like these three old guys I'm with are like standing at the edge of the bar. They can't see. They didn't bring the reading mm-hmm. glass with them and trying to read tap handles from across. Oh, reading the bar. tap handles? Yes, oh. that was ridiculous. You know, it's your so. job to tell me what people. <laughs> yeah, that's why well, I right? thought so too. So you know, yeah, yeah. Tilted Kilt here in town. I've been there a couple times at work. Some of the guys like to go just to goof on it. Yeah. It was the worst experience I've had in recent times. So I read a recent story. It was pretty awful. About it was about. Uber, Uber surge pricing on New Year's. Uh-huh. That apparently in some places, particularly like New York, it went to nine point nine times surge pricing. Um, so here, the question I have is: Do you feel something for the people who did it because they saw the price right before they agreed to it? Yeah, it's it's it. Well, right. I mean, you're agreeing to the price. It's not like they're surprising you once yeah. you're captive in the car. The other part is. You know, planning your transportation, right? You want Uber to be a predictable part of your mm-hmm. transportation. And if you didn't predict that, maybe you expected two, three times surge pricing, you know, nine, nine, ten times as much. That makes it hard to really, you know, what are you going to do? Like, wait for the bus at three in the morning? I mean, well, the idea behind surge pricing is because all their drivers under contract and yeah. so it allows so if they see there's a surge they'll get out there they'll go out and start no maybe they're not going to go at normal time because they get a lot more money for like one or two trips as opposed to having to do 20 trips to get the same amount of money so i understand the idea is basically make a market for your people to come out but yeah because the i mean the other point of surge pricing is people who don't have to travel then will wait until prices right. go down but I mean, honestly, anyone who goes out on New Year's Eve doesn't think that prices well, will remain high. It, to me, now ten, maybe ten not ten times. times is probably more than expected. But uh, and if, you're in, in your, if you're in New York, you can actually call a cab. Yeah, like an actual cab, yeah. not like some sort of sketchy, dirty car. I haven't been in a cab in New York, so I don't know. No, yeah, I mean New York, there's cabs everywhere. Yeah. You know, depends on well, even, especially downtown, I mean, especially in Manhattan all yeah. the time. Yeah, but you know, also Manhattan has. Best subway system in the world, yeah, you know, or most connected one at least. Best, yeah. One of the best, most connected. So yeah, it's hard to feel too bad for them. Or if you were in another city which doesn't have metro, mm-hmm. or good metro, uh, 
in search pricing goes crazy, but you, you got to work that into your plan. Yeah, a problem with with this article was I think it was a BuzzFeed article that it was linked to, and the problem, uh, the biggest problem with BuzzFeed articles is the plural of anecdotes is not data. Even if you have twenty anecdotes that are true, that doesn't mean that that's what everybody experienced. Yeah, because I read an article I want to say a couple weeks ago with I, I can't remember what city the guy was in, but he swears he didn't know that the uh, price was multiplied as many times as it was, and it, you know he got home. Now, what state he was in, no one knows, but you know he, he got charged four or five hundred dollars for right. it. Right, he wasn't expecting. Um, but the question is, you also have people agreeing to things that they may or may not fully be cognizant for. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, what I mean, so he says no one told him, but no one really knows. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, back, I've you know only I mean? used Uber once. I used it in Austin, and it told me estimated price for the ride was like three fifty. And they actually came in under, like, mm. it was, like, under two bucks. Like, Do you get in the back or the front of an Uber? That's a good question. I think... Is it, like, a friend Lyft, or is it, yeah. like, a cab? Lyft is the front seat. Uber's the back seat, I'm pretty okay. sure. Or I sat in the back seat and wasn't supposed to. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Lyft is the front seat. And they said rookie. Well, I, as, soon yeah. as, I, as soon as I got in the car, I'm like, you know, he said, hey, I'm Justin, are you Jeff? I'm like, yeah, this is my first time in an Uber, so let me know if I'm doing anything wrong. <laughs> Hey, it worked, right? Yeah. yeah so I, I, mean, I downloaded the app. I have yet to use it. So, Yeah, it was my uh, first We checked time. it the other day because you're curious about this area. Then there were actually some, a few Ubers showed up on uh, 79. So. My company has like the Uber, like the special company thing. Oh, like. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's only supposed to be used for company yeah. expenses. So I can't just go buy cabs and stuff by Ubers. But, you know, if I was in, you know, I will be going to Tucson in March or April. So. I might use it then, or I might get a car. So there's also apparently the different kinds of Ubers, yes. right? You get the Uber X, Uber Black, and like you get the, the whichever one's like the. So actually, no, I've ridden in an Uber twice, but only only transacted once, mm-hmm. right? Second time I rode it was up when I was up in Boston for the beer thing for work, and one of my coworkers, we ordered up this Uber, and this wasn't the Uber Black; it was the you know part time Uber guy, mm-hmm. and he was like three blocks away. And like he turned the wrong way and drive around <laughs> circle because you can see where he's going, yeah. right? And like so, he got screwed by one way streets or something. And he's like, and then like we waited like like five minutes and he's like a minute away and he's still not here. We canceled it and hired a you know a more expensive Uber yeah, black you, guy. Yeah, because you got and, Uber X and Uber XL. Okay, Uber X and uh, my brothers are kind of running me through that the other day because I've never used it. They use it all the time in Baltimore. So okay. And uh, yeah, this guy was you know super pro. You know, he knew exactly where we needed to go. But this other guy couldn't get to the bar we were standing outside of. You know, driving around in figure eights. The worst part is that you could actually watch him. So it almost becomes amusing. So yeah, you figure Google Maps would tell him how to get there or something. <laughs> it's it, you know so Uber. Right, they have the advanced technology center here in Pittsburgh and a couple other places. Their ultimate goal is we just have Uber for business. I don't know if that's okay. Their ultimate goal is self-driving cars, right? I mean, they don't want to have these contractors; they just want to have the network of cars. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, once self-driving cars gets in there, we talked about this before. How I really think that the ultimate would be you don't need a car. Yeah. There's just you have a service that allows mm-hmm. you to get from place to place, and yeah. So I think my take on that is for self-driving cars to be like truly embraced, it has to be a road with only self-driving cars. Yes. Yeah. Humans are too unpredictable to drive with automated vehicles. 
I think that's true. I, I, I think you, you might It's see, less about the automated vehicle and more about the vehicle driven by the human. You might eventually right. see sort of lanes specifically for, <clears throat> instead of HOV, specifically lanes mm-hmm. for automated cars. Yeah, I mean, the idea of, you know, the average car sits parked 90% of the time. Yeah. You know, it would be, as long as the economics work out, you know, it's not going to be free. You're still going to pay, you know, 30 grand over five years to use the car services, but. So, so topic for you on the, sorry to cut you off. Um, I came in on a discussion recently about this. So if the cars are automated and it was debating the regulations, you know, like kind of like ancillary regulations, like what about people who use automated cars to deliver their underage children to places? That's or 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 <laughs> I know it's kind of minor, but it kind of it was something I hadn't really thought about. People like, having sex no, in the cars. You know I mean? well, I heard, no, I heard the same thing. Yeah. Like, so what if your colicky infant won't shut the fuck up? <laughs> yeah, Throw him in a car and drive him for Send him around for what about Yeah, minutes. yeah. <laughs> I always see the worst in people. So no, no, I, I didn't consider this problem until I heard the same yeah. kind of conversation you were hearing about, and it really, it, uh, yeah, I think. There's going to be a minimum instead of a driving age. There's going to be a yeah. riding age, right? You're, well, it's just like baby. I mean, Home Alone, right? It's going to be the same as unattended children at home. Yeah. I think that kind of covers it, right? Well, if they can't, but at the same time, that's dangerous because I recently just heard in the state of Maryland, it's okay to leave an eight-year-old by themselves. That's the minimum age for huh. leaving a child alone at home. Huh. Well, I can see, <laughs> and I was like, holy moly! I can actually see. If there is these sort of separate lanes on highways for these cars, I can actually see in low mileage situations you can share. Like in 25 miles mm-hmm. or less, you can share the road with automated cars because you're expected. and, and well, actually, well marked or posted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So because a, a computer can respond at, at that speed to, to certain things. Um, but you might need to have some sort of monitoring. So if you do – if you are going like 50 on there – you immediately get a ticket or something. It's, it's not <laughs> yeah. It's not like somebody has to be there in order to get a ticket. It's like you can't do I, that on these roads. My other concern is the infrastructure required to make it happen. I know there's different technologies yeah. for lane keeping, things like that. But we already have infrastructure that's crumbling. So I'm not sure how we're going to like – That's make, true. How that's we're going to make the road smart enough, well, if that makes sense. That's um, part of the reason all the effort's going into the cars, right? I mean, back in the early 90s, uh, Chevy GM yeah. had this, you know, car that would follow magnetic disks yes. in the lanes, you know, and follow these magnetic disks. And that would require every highway to be outfitted with magnetic disks. Uh, what about obscured roads? Well, rain, rain, heavy rain, snow. Yeah, I mean, there's flaws. Where, it, like, where it can't read or, or ro- yeah, you've seen them, roads where, mm-hmm. where the lines are just worn yep, out. Yep, yep. Oh, no, I I, I hear you. I mean, there's going to be... That's why they're spending so much effort on the... I'm going to use AI in this term, but it's a very specific AI. It is AI. It's very specific AI. It's not general AI, but road-keeping AI, right? Like, okay, so I'm coming to an intersection. There's some leaves hanging over the right side sidewalk there. There very well possibly could be a stop sign behind those leaves. It's in the right area where a stop sign would normally be. You know, cars would have to know that, right? You got to worry about also things like a tree is coming down or a tree is down on the road. You, you know, you can swerve if you're mm-hmm. human. You can yes. see that. Is the computer prepared to do that? Is the computer prepared to find a way around this tree or does it know the tree is there? Um, oh, they all have LIDAR at this point, right? And they're also 
one of their but lighter gets confused in things like rain and mm-hmm. uh, sure. one of their primary avoidance things is for like a kid on a bicycle right yeah. so a tree falling should be close enough to a uh, kid on a bicycle to to at least well i don't keep... know because it's, it's monitoring the road it's not monitoring above the road yeah there'll have to be some sort of zone yeah. I, I think that it's monitoring like, i remember when i saw somebody hit a light pole and it slowly okay. collapsed onto the road. Would a car have? I mean, would would a automatic car have been able to say, "Okay, I can still move, get around this and go around yeah. it"? I mean, I, but I'm not looking for 100 percent safety. I'm looking for less than 30,000 people a year dying yeah. on the roads. Yeah, yeah, and you knock that down to 20,000 people a year. And, it's, it's a it, it's a good start. And look, okay, if all 20,000 of those people dying were in driverless cars. Then that's an issue, but they're not. You know, it's going to be the small side of the, of the remainder. So, well, I think you might have to do something where, if you have construction or something, you have a transponder that goes out and tells the cars yeah. uh, some sort of you know uh, frequency that's, that's meant just for them. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, that, that's I, by a good, far I mean, don't believe a, it's not not yeah. possible at this point. I think there's more than enough technology you can put together to yeah. make something feasible. It's also, oh, it's definitely feasible. It's I mean, what you said is a good idea. It's it, definitely so. possible. It's probably already like, like when they were paving Freedom Road out here, they were doing it in the middle of the night, right? Mm-hmm. The guy with the stop sign thing had a strobe on his stop sign, right? You know, the, the turning sign yeah. he had a strobe on it. You know, and that was the first time I had really seen a strobe on one of those signs. Yeah, well, the same kind of thing. You know, for it wouldn't be that hard to outfit all the road work signs like that, the stop go signs for. Some kind of transponder for driverless cars. Mm-hmm. Put a put a Raspberry Pi on there, and <laughs> <laughs> it's all you need. The Raspberry Pi three is going to be able to solve do everything. So. Raspberry Pi three is going to have strong AI, <laughs> 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 but it's going to work on Bitcoin. So you're going to you're yeah. <laughs> You said you wanted to argue with Greg about some stuff, but you left your list at home. Uh, not argue. Oh. <laughs> Discuss. Discuss. Bring it on. No, I can't remember what my... I, I have two issues. One, I often listen to these while I'm running, so that doesn't lead well to writing things down. And then I left it on a post-it note before I, I, when I, and when I left home. So. All right, so guns. Capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... A, that's a okay. Which one do you want to talk about? Let's go with capitalism. All right, let's go with four hundred. Let's do it. I watched Jeopardy tonight. Let's do. (laughs) What is the system that makes us wage slaves? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I honestly think like our biggest discrepancy because I think we think similar in some ways, but like I truly believe that people should contribute to the good of society. I think people do. Being paid to fart or whatever that long discussion was years ago, I, I beg to differ. But I, well, the point <laughs> the point is okay. So capitalism, by its nature, is supposed to have perfect information. Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, if you had perfect information, I am positive that you could find somebody who would be willing to pay for somebody who is farting for a living. I'm positive you can find somebody yeah. willing to pay for pretty much anything. So yeah, I mean, but, but you're not and talking. I'm, but you're, oh, I see. I see what you're and saying. And I'm okay. But, I'm okay with people. You know, it, I'm I'm a firm believer. If someone's willing to pay for it, for the most part, unless mm-hmm. it's like seriously like illegal, murder. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that. <laughs> yeah. I still feel that should be yeah. illegal. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, the one thing, um, and it probably has to do with, with uh, to do with the way it was raised. 
Jeff knows that, mm-hmm. and my family. Like, I truly think that at some point, people should be forced to give back to society in some through volunteerism. I know you worked on it, uh, Buell, you know, working with younger kids. Like, I think one of the issues we have these days are people don't understand contributing to the welfare of others. Absolutely. We're, we're taker. There's more takers than makers. Uh, so, I, well, I think that the problem is that people get in their heads that they're doing good for society when they're not. Yes, and I can see that. So, um, and unlike this post show, because this is really giving back to society. Yeah, absolutely. Just for, some just some people Jeff, appreciate so. it, uh, and and the, the point is it helps that past my flights. So. Yeah, it's unlikely. <laughs> it's unlikely that somebody farting. For that, that's all they want to do is yeah, just guys fart. are getting the details wrong. It's lightning farts on fire. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a spectacle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who just wants to fart all day, you know, I'm, I'm making it like the the most the, the that's the, the most dumb, ridiculous. Yeah, the yeah, most ridiculous yeah. thing. Uh, it's rule thirty four, right? There's already there's yeah. always going to be somebody willing willing to pay for that shit. So if you had that open in market. Yeah. Then you'd find somebody to pay for that. So if you could do that, then capitalism would be a great system. Mm-hmm. But since you can't do that, you have to allow people to. This is this is very idealistic yeah. of me, but you have to, in in principle, allow people to do whatever they want and expect that in general, we're social animals. We're going to we're going to be social with each other, and. Because that it's because it's not a, a series of because it's not just a one to one connection; it's a web of connections yeah. with everybody else. Everybody is valuable in some sense. So you want to? I disagree with that. Okay, I don't you think know. everybody is valuable. I think some people make a choice to make themselves not valuable. I I guess that that's where we fundamentally disagree because yeah. I do think that by the nature of them being a part of the social fabric, they're valuable. See, I, I find that there are people that contribute. There are people that are kind of middle of the road, contribute, don't contribute. And I think there are people who are de- detractors to society. So who would fit in that? Who would be a detractor to society? Uh, murderers, pedophiles. Um, yeah, I'm not saying... People that don't contribute to the good, they only take. I'm not trying and, and, to... Yeah. I'm not trying to promote... And, and, and in that way... Let me uh, clarify a little more. So I had a discussion with my dad the other day about um, social security disability. And uh, so my brothers, both my brothers work in Baltimore. One's a firefighter, one's a police officer. Um, so they've seen both the good and bad of society. <laughs> Baltimore is an excellent example of that. And being from yeah, Maryland, I know yes. you know that. I, I, I would yeah. say to that, those are two very socialistic enterprises. Absolutely. A police officer and a fire Absolutely. officer. Uh, these are people who are there for the social good. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I, there are people that have contributed nothing to others, but are taking from the good of others. If that makes sense. Well, yeah, that's. But would you rather that be happening on the small end of the spectrum, that they're not really yeah. taking much value, or the larger end of the spectrum, where people are separating themselves out from society and making it so that they are simply living in another world, which is what we have right now? Um, I guess I can see that. So I also have – the other thing I think we're, we're really struggling, and it rolls into the other topic was gun control, <laughs> is I, th- I truly think the country has an issue with uh, dealing with mental, mental illness. Yeah. So if we think we can um, – fu- so we have people in society right now who 
years ago we would have just locked away, not just for their good, but for the good of society or, you know, for both. Sure. Because, but now we just medicate them, send them out on their own and expect them to exist. And I so, think, so that, I think that's a recipe for so, disaster. So, so be careful, right? Because, yeah. I mean, today on the way uh, back from coaching soccer, I was at NPR on and they were talking about one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yes. Right. So, you know, locking people up because they have intractable symptoms and things like that. Yes. You know, has his, has his whole yeah. slew of other problems. So, Absolutely. So, so make sure you're not confused with yes. that kind and of thing. And a good so. number of those people who would lock themselves, who would be locked up 20, 30 years ago and aren't, are these doomsday preppers who are driving <laughs> a whole bunch of guns. I mean. Yes. So I, I think there's a middle ground there that, that needs to be re-explored. Absolutely. I, 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 and I, part of it is I personally think that the country's too medicated to start with. I think instead of, instead of finding root causes of problems, we we attempt to medicate instead. Yes, of I, of looking further. I think there's a, a place for medication along with treatments. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I totally so. agree. Uh, I think that I think that part one of our one of the main things our society should do is try to heal people as much as possible, mm-hmm. uh, and we, we get away from that. But the the answer is not the answer to the gun problem is not stock up on more guns. No. Uh, in, in fact, that's a. I, I'm just reading a report now. Again, the plural of anecdotes, not data. Yes. So this is you know an anecdote. Absolutely. But, but this guy sh- would, was shot. This kid was shot. Like 14 year old kid was shot for for going onto somebody's, uh, ringing somebody's bell and running away, and he was shot for that. Yes. And uh, and I think people like that should be prosecuted. Yeah. You know. I mean, there's a time but, and place but for everything. That's so. not. I mean, that's not yeah. what the losses. The losses they're allowed to do that. For, I mean, it's like what is a is a burglar going to ring your doorbell? Do you really need to go to come to the door with guns? Yeah. I really do think part of the problem is that people are thinking they're they're living in these independent farms that are miles away from people, but they're not. They're living in these urban settings or these suburban settings, which are very they're, everyone's stacked on top of each other. You have to have some trust of the people around you in order for that to work. Yes. If you don't move away. Don't. Buy guns so you have your own fortress in the middle of this urban society. At the same time, why should I not be able to do that if I want to? Because the effect that you have is very negative on the stuff around you. Are there other... I'm saying if you want to do that, move away. Move, Move to a place where you can do that in peace. So what if someone told you, due to drunk driving, everyone who wants to drink alcohol should go live somewhere with a... um, a, well, a we've done things. We've, a, a population that has less than five people per square mile. The point is, we have in order to, in order to prevent that uh, drunk driving from occurring. The point is that we have done things about drunk driving. We have we have made laws and rules about yes. you know the ways that, that bars can interact with people, that what you can sell people, when you can sell people mm-hmm. drinks, stuff like that. We have done regulation of drunk driving. We haven't solved the problem and made it so no drunk driving happens. Yes, but we've done stuff to make it so it's less likely, and we have seen. These numbers go down because of it. Yes. That's what I'm asking for in gun control. Yeah. I'm not saying get rid of guns. Yes. I'm saying let's do some some thinking here that the answer is not just throw guns at the market. The, the one issue I have is everyone keeps coming back to gun control, gun control, but no one will link it to mental health treatment. I, I absolutely yeah. think mental health and, is, and, is a major and, part and of it. And I am not a, um, a diehard NRA guy, so yeah. like, I'm not against some regulation. You know, because I have some common sense and I'm not, you know, I don't think like the U.S. government's going to take over the country anytime <laughs> soon 
for the Jade Helm is well, you would be you the guy taking it over. Yeah, for the Jade Helm guys out there, like I really don't think that America is invading Texas or anything of the sort. That's why you know what I mean. That's why Dave's on the show. He's here to spread propaganda. (laughs) That's his Um, secret mission. But Alex Jones would totally disagree with you. HIPAA HIPAA is to me uh, a curse and a blessing. So to the point where I can't pick up my wife's medical records uh-huh. because, you know, even though she gets her health care through me. Like, so how do we expect that at some point they're going to be like, whoa, how did, why did they sell this guy a gun who went and shot people up? Well, you just said he can't, they can't access that information. So like, how do you expect that to, you know what I mean? And that's where people want their, they want to have their cake and eat it too type thing. You yeah. Know, they want both the best of both. Well, worlds, you have so. to, you have, it's a balancing act. It's always a balancing act. And, and the, and the gun show, gun show loophole that everyone throws out there. Like I've, all my guns I've bought, even guns at gun shows, like every, they're all been sold by licensed dealers. I think that percentage is much smaller than people expect. I think it's it, it is smaller it's than people expect, pro- but not a proportion. But so. you know, as I explained, you know, the, the people who do these these shootings and they're happening, they are starting to happen all the time. Like we, we there are shootings that happen every yes, day, absolutely. Uh, and the people who do these mass shootings are not smart people. They're people yes. who just manage to get a lot of guns. Yeah. And the fact that they can do that very easily makes it more likely that, yeah, there is a mental health problem yeah. in, in this country. And so we're exacerbating that problem yeah. by just by throwing guns at the market. So, what I, would, buy so what, what I would want to see is some sort of study that shows where the majority, you know what I mean, to drive reg, uh, legislation. I so. would love to see yeah. that. But the problem is that <laughs> Congress has made it against the law to do gun studies. Yeah, I know. And I find that ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, And I think that's where I, I struggle. Like. Everyone says they want change, but you know, I'm also struggle politically because I'm not yeah. happy with how things go. So, I mean, I, I, and I'm not a, I'm not a far left Tea Party crazy. I've I know many. <laughs> I had issues with some. I'm I'm more of a middle of the road guy. So I was raised a Democrat. I don't remember, I don't even know what you you were raised a Republican. I think so. My family was split, right? Yeah. I, mean, uh, I can't remember which one. I was raised a Republican. Yeah. I can't remember. See, I, I was the opposite. I, I'm a, I come from a union family, so like uh, yeah. But I would have been what I think would be considered back then a conservative Democrat, which I'm not sure exists anymore. A blue dog, yeah, yeah, because like everyone, if you're not on one of the extremes or the other, they hate mm-hmm. you. It is, it is, very you know strange. what I mean. So yeah, I mean, so I mean, early on, you know, ten years ago, right? I was pretty conservative, you know, fiscal conservative type thing, moral, you know, moral liberal, I guess, you know, social liberal, yeah. fiscal conservative, but uh, uh, you know. The so was I, it seems like the the fiscal part you know is kind of like shrunk so much when compared to when all of the stuff that I believed was severely challenged <laughs> by you know a huge amount of greed and stuff yeah. and I was you know I was very much a Wall Street guy greed is good blah blah yeah. blah and then oh guess what no it's not it helps three people out of a thousand yeah and that's not what we want. You know, I call myself a socialist. I probably am, but I'm a socialist in the sense that I don't think that our entire government should be, re- our entire monetary system should be replaced with a socialist. I don't think everyone should be equal. I I like free markets. I mm. like having a market. I want regulation. I want there to be something to say. We're going to prevent companies from putting shit into your water. Yeah, and and you know, substituting your hamburger meat for you know with rat meat and not telling yeah. anybody. I want there to be some accountability. I want there to be some level of you. We're not going to let you die. We're not going to get let you live in luxury. Yeah, but we're not going to let you die. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm asking for, and that is a socialist idea, apparently. <laughs> 
I don't actually. I don't think our views are as far off as most people would expect. No, so, it, it, it's so, the labels. So like, on yeah. So, and that's where I struggle. So, and that's why I don't identify with any parties. And that's where I, you know, I'm probably yeah. in that majority of uh, that um, area where a lot of Americans are. So, I believe in handing helping people out but not to the point where it becomes their primary means yeah. for the rest of their life type mentality and i think that's that's where i struggle because i know people that have been helped out you know i tell people join the army was like an eye-opener for me because the the neighborhood we came from they you know you know stand you know very normal families we knew one divorce i only knew like one divorce kid you know yeah. kid from a divorce mm-hmm. family growing up all very white, uh, mm-hmm. middle cl- you know, lower middle class to middle class, and then like I went into the army and I was in, very, very soon in charge of people that came from like the very bottom of yeah. the, of the barrel. So it was kind of eye opening to me. But like I don't believe in allowing that to become a generational crush. Well, I think part of the problem is that the way that the system works right now is it sort of reinforces that. It does, absolutely. Absolutely. And we need to find a way and, and that that's the whole point of things like affirmative action is not to it's not to make it so so white people don't have enough opportunity. The problem is white people have too much opportunity. In, in a sense that they are it's the game is is um that's the default setting. And you, you you're playing a harder game if you're coming from a different you know, a, a different perspective. And so the whole idea is let's give some opportunity here because if you're a white guy, a white male, you yeah, there's you might have a slightly harder chance of getting into the school you wanted than if you weren't, but you can get into eighty schools, whereas these other you know other people who are in in this situation, a black female is going to have a much harder harder time. Getting See, I think into. things like that have changed though. So my issue is so I'm used to coming from families where parents want their children to do better than they did like that's their ultimate goal so uh, my brother taught in a baltimore county school that was right on the county city mm-hmm. line so his biggest he only taught for two years uh, before he got he became a firefighter so his issue was parents who just didn't care about their kids right so like he had some smart kids that could have done well but their parents didn't um give them the support that probably would allow that to happen or were an actual actually a detractor to their success so where my issue is we've now embraced a culture where being a thug is considered acceptable. I don't think that's true. It- I, 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 think, I think that if you get into some of these areas – so the one guy I work with, uh, uh, older, I think he's 55, African-American. Uh, now his dad was in the army. The rest of his family uh, lives in probably – you would consider almost poverty in Arkansas. Um, he hates to go back and visit them because they look down on him because he has three master's degrees and has made something of himself. It's not considered acceptable. It's considered the only way out for a lot of people. And that well, that does lead to people considering it to yes. be acceptable. Uh, so it's like, you know, when in, in Baltimore, the whole thing was you can either be in the NBA or you sell drugs. Yes. And that's not. That's not the only choice, though. You know it, what I mean? It, it's not the only choice, but giving people access to the education so they can get mm-hmm. out. Is something you have to be do, and that's really hard to do for for reasons that go beyond just what society is doing, but yeah. go beyond the culture yes. that, that's festering. But if you there. can't do it in Baltimore, I would I would almost say that you can't do it anywhere because if it I, takes time, it takes it effort, does. and it takes a lot of it takes commitment. But to, you're, to you're you're talking about a city that's run primarily by African Americans. The you're, you're talking about a city where the vast majority of the police there's a force, lot of entrenched stuff yes, going on there, so. and and nothing's good about it. Yeah. But 
the, the idea is we try to solve these problems. I look at the thuggery, and now to me, a lot of the thuggery is coming from the Trump supporters. I look at them. And, well, yeah. It, yeah. Most people wouldn't look at it that way, but absolutely. It's the same mentality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and, you know, we, no Celebrating Muslims. ignorance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The people that regurgitate Fox News on Monday. Mm-hmm. So. And, and make me want to throw up a little <laughs> bit in my mouth, so. It, <laughs> it, it, it's a sad state of affairs if you want to dwell on yeah. that, but the whole idea is we, we're, we're, we try to do what we can to make that, to make that fixable. Yeah. And, yeah, it's true. No matter what system we come up with, as I was talking about the physics thing, they're models, but they don't explain every situation. Mm-hmm. They don't get everything right. We can come up with a system. The system is not going to work for everybody. Yes. There are people who are going to be able to find ways to leech off of it. There are people who are going to slip through the cracks. It's always going to happen. The idea is we keep finding a system that works for the most people. So I think, and that's where I probably, um, it's harder for me to embrace some things because I, being in the army, like race and all that stuff doesn't matter as much. Like they've, they've the done army's a good, a wonderful they've done a good job or the military as a whole has done a good job yeah. of taking that off the table. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Everyone kind of comes in the same, um, yeah. you know, and, uh, and I've seen both successes and failures from all races, creeds. Male, female. absolutely. You know what I mean. The military so, is it, a wonderful yeah. progressive organization. So, and and I think that's that it somehow clouds my view somehow because I want to be like, well, if we can do it here, why can't we make it work better in other places? You know, what because I mean? the military is ultimately a very socialistic organization. It, it, absolutely, it is absolutely, extraordinarily controlled and regulated. Yeah, absolutely. So, and sometimes you need that because it wasn't for a while, and yes. it got crazy. It's also uh, been the primary bearer of change in society. Yeah. So. Regulation is, is is a good thing until it gets to be too much, and you have to ride that line. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to ride the lines. Yeah, I've been quiet, but uh, been enjoying the conversation. <laughs> um, Let's fight? Yeah. No, no, it was good. It was good. Need some like rock'em sock'em robots. So. I got some upstairs to play. It's not a very dynamic game. Yeah. But it's a little. Um, You'd think it'd be better, but it's it's not a very good game. Um, Before they had video games. Well, yeah. you might have yeah, seen I mean, you might have seen one of the tweets I had when we were talking about this gun thing after the uh, the, the last big shooting, and it was like, I don't know what we need, but the status quo, the piles of dead bodies, is not the right thing, you know, and got to do something. So the I just got the the final figure. To, so there was three hundred and forty four uh, murders in Baltimore. In 2015, so the last one occurred like right at the end. Obviously, um, that doesn't less than one a day. Yeah, yeah. But the, <laughs> I think the the statistic that frustrates me, and and I've I've and not to make this a racial issue, but where I don't think people were applying is I think 320 of them were black males. Mm-hmm. So my my issue is not that you know against the Black Lives Matter thing. My issue is why does Black Lives Matter only really come out when it's a, it involves a person of another race so like i would i want to see that same um passion for the everyday and not just the ones that make the news so i think that the the reasoning comes down to the same thing where if a white if a young white girl gets kidnapped oh absolutely (laughs) that gets news story if if someone of color and that's the part that frustrates me so like because i truly you know and one of those guys say hey all these like we Mm -hmm. need to solve the issue itself like yeah. don't treat the symptoms. Yeah, find that. Well, the idea is, I th- I think the idea behind Black Lives Matter is to make these things more apparent to people, to make it so they notice. And yeah, it's going to rub people the wrong way for a little bit, but eventually it's going to reach over the pub, yeah. and people are going to start noticing more. At that point, 
that's when you retire it. Now that's yeah. not that's not what happened. Yeah. You get people taking advantage of it, yeah. uh, uh, which is normal in society. Right. So I'll be curious to see what happens with the trials in Baltimore soon. Yeah, because that was really the same crew that f- came in there when it happened was the same crews that came in from Ferguson, and they tried to use the same tactics and realized it wasn't going to work based on the demographics. Right. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then a- and then everything quieted down and disappeared. So it's a different. I mean, the, the thing is, we get this idea of America as being this monolith because we get this idea that the people around us are generally what people in yeah. America are like, and that's it's not at yeah. all like that. Uh, it's a, it's a much bigger country than most people really, even in this country, give it credit for. So I've run into that with dealing with people from other countries. So my example is trying to explain to my – I was uh, advising the Iraqis, and I was trying to explain that I was moving from uh, Pennsylvania to Kansas. And the idea – I told them it was going to take me 14 hours to drive from my parents' house to where I was moving. Uh-huh. And they were like, in 14 hours, I can be in Europe. You know, that, yeah. that makes no, no sense to me. So, I mean, a lot of people around the world struggle to, to identify how, how much of an impact the vastness of the U.S. has yeah. on what occurs here. So. I didn't realize that it really is – it's a much looser federation mm-hmm. than yes. it's given credit for. Uh, it's not – I mean, there is, you know, there are these federal laws. You have federal marshals can come on you if you do something really bad. But normally, I mean, a lot of that stuff is just taken care of by the states. That's all state government. Uh, And so there are a few things that they will jump after in the courts. They're not to go through a whole bunch of court stuff. It's not easy for the federal government to just go in and reach in and start playing around with things. Which I think is both good and bad. Yeah, it's... It has good parts, has its bad parts. If but you don't like it, I guess you can move somewhere else. So. Well, the problem is you can't. I mean, it's yeah. not It's not like there is unlimited ability for people to just yeah. jump in. Yeah, and that's the places. issue. So. Yeah. If there were, we'd have a lot easier time with the world. If, if you could just move to where to, to a place that, that was exactly the way you wanted to live, then great. But the we only one that can do that now are corporations. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they still stay in the same place. They just change, change their address. Exactly. <laughs> it's like changing a flag. Yeah. Okay. Imagine if you could like yeah. you know decide now. I just you got now, an office. Now I live in Oregon, even though I still live here. So. <laughs> a well, Delaware corporation. Yeah. yeah. Well, my this company, is Delaware, Greg. A cup. Every company's in Delaware. Right? A lot of them are. Yeah. Well, that are now overseas. So. You know, I mean, they Ireland, right? Six guys in a, yeah. an office park. That's I mean, world headquarters. Yes. There are great things that happen from globalization. Look at all the stuff we get in our in our grocery stores mm-hmm. now. Look at the ability. Uh, look at just the ability we have to go to to awesome restaurants. I mean, mm-hmm. just just the the yeah. culture we get is incredible. the The amount of stuff we can sell, the amount of money we can make by selling our stuff overseas because of globalization, is huge. Right. But that that leads to its own things. You're opening up the ability for companies to put themselves in different places and to start using people from other places to do the work so it's a double-edged sword. you really can't blame an organization to use the tax code to find the most advantage situation most advantageous situation i mean you, you can't would, what you can do is you can blame them for making it so the top three people in the company make 20 times what anybody else in the company no. makes yes but there's something supporting that, right? I mean, but what I'm saying is, well, no, like at 20, maybe when it when it gets to be 100 or 400 times, there shouldn't be something supporting that. That money should go to your employees. It's in on some level, I don't think you should be 400. You making 400 no, times. I, I don't like it either. What an employee directly under you makes. It's got to. I mean, either people aren't paying attention, don't care. But I mean, shareholders should 
you know. Yeah, shareholders should get some dividend should, from it. They, but well, they should care how much the CEO's the making. CEO, I, I just don't like the idea of them making 400 times what, what somebody directly below them is making. That doesn't make any sense. It's, uh, people who go to companies, do shitty job, get golden parachutes. That's um, And then you basically get this group of people who, this is where the 1% comes in, where you have people who just separate themselves out from society and are able to just buy themselves out, yeah. Yeah. buy out. <clears throat> And and be on a separate level. And that's just no, I hear you. There's people that that's their that's their career objective, right? To it's get fiefdoms. into the club. You have these little these yeah. little kingdoms and fiefdoms that live outside of the world that we live in. That's I mean, it, it always happened, but I think the numbers are higher now, percentage wise, mm-hmm. than ever before, and that's and that's where the issue comes in. So. Yeah, robber barons basically are coming back, and some people are content to let that happen yeah. because because there's the theory that oh, I'll be able to be that in that place someday instead of thinking well I don't it's not about what I can do it's about what's good for everybody and if I lift everybody up then I'm going to be lifted up in the same way I come at it from the idea of look where would you what society would you want to be in if you didn't know where you were going to be in build that society or try to so if you don't know where you're going to be in it's going to be random where you get put in what society do you want to live in right well, it's a good way to put it. Only right? by myself. No one wants to lose that dice roll. Yeah. <laughs> Can I re-roll, please? <laughs> Can we start over? Yeah. Come on. Give me another Guys, shot. Guys, let me roll. Come again. on, coach. <laughs> for the end. I think that. Yeah. Cool. It's cool. fun. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for coming. <laughs>